Good evening and welcome into another edition of Gateway to Baseball Heaven. I'm your host, Daniel Shaw, C70 at the bat at C70 on Twitter. With me, as always, Tara Nichols from Birds on the Black and at Tara Wellman on the Twitters. Um, it's Sunday. It's a week after the Cardinals have been eliminated. Some other teams have been eliminated. But baseball still continues. And <laughs> we tried to do this while ago until technology stopped us. But um, it is still a little bit strange that, you know, we have to pay attention to baseball, but you're not paying attention to the card. And I guess maybe I should say that wrong. Some people are paying attention to baseball. You <laughs> pay to baseball when the Cardinals are not around. Yeah, when the season so rudely ends as it did, and then baseball just continues on without you, it uh, feels uh, like a little bit of a, a shock to the system. And yeah, it's it's always hard when you go into a, a playoff series, whatever round it's in, and you have reasonably high expectations. And I guess the truth is, even if you don't, because there's that hope for some sort of postseason magic and for them to it to end uh for it to end in just two games which of course is one game more than it used to be in terms of the wild card round um you know it, it feels very unceremonious the way that a season especially like this for the cardinals just was over except mm-hmm. then baseball continued on like nothing ever really happened. And it, it's a little hard to just jump back into it and, and feel like you can be invested in the postseason just as a baseball fan when your team, uh, again, was very unceremoniously unceremon- um, ejected from it <laughs> in a lot of ways. So, yes, but as you said, other teams have been eliminated as well. And I think one of the things about this new playoff format is um, – we're still figuring out how it works and what it means and how seeding teams based on record really impacts the way that these early games and early series are played. And as it turns out, uh, it's, it's not um, uncommon for a favored team to have their season end abruptly. So I guess there's uh, misery what's what's the saying misery loves company and um the cardinals and their fans certainly have it at this point now that both the 100 win teams in the national league are also at home just watching baseball continue on without them so rudely yes yes and possibility of the yankees joining everybody tomorrow um another team that people expected it to go far now you you did say that the cardinals went farther than they did like last year when they lost the play-in game, which is true. But you made me, when you said that, I realized this is the quickest a Cardinal division winner has ever been eliminated mm, yeah. from a postseason. Um, which is one of the bones I have to pick with this playoff format, mm. because I don't like any sort of arrangement in which one of the three division winners just doesn't get an advantage uh, mm-hmm. or at least a perceived advantage. Now, as we can talk about, um, having a, a buy through that wildcard round may or may not actually be an advantage mm-hmm. in the way this setup goes because of what we've seen so far. But I just, I don't like, yes, 
because it was the Cardinals, I, I am more emotionally affected by it. But it's one of the pieces of this puzzle that I'm sure we'll be talking about all offseason. We'll be talking about it as we kind of dive into what this postseason format means. Um, I don't like that that third division winner really doesn't have an advantage to winning their division. I mean, it, it, it's great to to aim for winning the division. And sure, I guess in theory, you're playing a lesser team based on seeding uh, by record, but we know that that's not necessarily how the playoffs work. And so to have one division winner that just kind of is like, well, you're going to just be a wild card team, basically. Good yeah. luck. Uh, it doesn't quite feel fair to me, but you know, life isn't fair, I suppose. <laughs> that's true. And I mean, it is nice that they get all the games at home and versus, you know, right. trying to do some sort of travel thing or whatever. Um, but yeah, there, you're right. I, there is a little bit of that of, hey, you know, granted, we didn't win as many games, but, you know, the Cardinals won their division. Um, and and that gets you, you know, nothing. Um, that, you know, but it's not like it you feels, can give... Honestly, it feels a little bit like if, if you're going to do it that way, uh, the division is irrelevant because right. it's all based on record. So just reseed those six teams based on record and tell everyone to play for one of the best three records in the National League. Right? That mm-hmm. that seems to make more sense to me than saying, well, you're a division winner, but it doesn't matter um, because you weren't one of the top two teams. Whereas if it was, hey, play for one of the three best records, well, the Cardinals wouldn't have been in that position in, in the first place based right. on the Mets this season. So, you know, it just, it would have reshuffled things in a way that at least in my brain would have made more logical sense. Now I still would have been annoyed that a division winner isn't amongst the top three teams, but at least it would make sense in my brain, the way that the rest of the format goes, um, I guess in terms of, of the seating and that sort of thing, there's a lot of it that maybe doesn't quite make sense how the rest of it goes, but MLB is figuring that out too. <laughs> I feel like, and I don't like it, Alex, I had your uh, Chirps compatriot on Meet Me Mutual this week, and we talked a little bit about this format, and, and of course, anytime Alex and I get together, we become crotchety old men, but um, I, I feel like at some point in time, they're going to, maybe, at least hopefully, it's at least after expansion if they're going to do this, but they're going to expand this out to eight teams in each league. Or, I mean, I'm not going to rule out a whole, they're going to say the top 12 or 15 teams in baseball and just kind of get rid of the National League and the American League. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's off the table. But if they could even, if they went to 16 team playoff, eight in each league, and then made the divisions, you know, four divisions instead of three, so that at least all the division winners could then you know, get a buy and all the second place wildcard teams played each other into some sort of, you know, right. You know, work something out like that, where at least winning the division would give you more than another home game that you may or may not need. Um, I feel like there's gotta be something to that. And I, it's going to be very interesting. Again, like you said, we're still figuring this all out. And the fact that both teams in the national league that had a buy lost and, yeah. The Astros swept theirs, but a very tough series, a series mm-hmm. that could have yeah. been, I mean, they were way down in their first game. They could be easily at least been down there. And the Yankees have gone to game five. 
that buy may not be that great either. The, the offset of sitting around for four or five days when another team is playing, maybe enough that that becomes an issue. I, you don't know. I, I think you got to play it this way for five, six, seven years, maybe 10 yeah. to really get an idea. But I don't, I feel like baseball's not one to sit around and actually get real great <laughs> information. They'll do what they want to do. Yeah. No, that doesn't seem to be the way that they tend to do things. But it, it will be interesting because, and first of all, I agree on both fronts. I, I don't like that a division title can be so meaningless. I think that it should matter because 162 game season should matter in mm. terms of how you land in the division in which you've been placed to compete. Um, but I also agree that this is all just kind of holding patterns for whatever expansion happens or whatever expansion is is on the table as what they hope to see happen. Um, mm. And that this could all end up getting blown up entirely into something else that doesn't resemble this at all, that doesn't resemble the way the past has been at all in terms of the postseason format. So we may be <laughs> way overthinking it because it's not going to stay this way for, for too long anyways. But it'll be interesting to see how fans feel, how players feel, and how Major League Baseball feels in terms of, is is this what you wanted? <laughs> Did you want the 5-6 matchup in the, the championship series? Is that making baseball better or you know what is what is the intended goal there right because yeah it, it keeps additional fan bases involved in the postseason and that's kind of fun um but does it does it I guess it depends on what you want the postseason to be do you like the randomness do you like mm -hmm. the chaos that says hey truly all you have to do is get in and then depend on momentum or on getting hot at the right time and anyone can beat anyone. I mean, there is a level of entertainment to that, but do you want the postseason in baseball to be that, or do you want it to be something that is a reward for those teams who are the best in the regular season? And, you know, where do you draw that line then? Right. Um, the, we've talked as playoffs have expanded in years past, every additional team you add seems to water down the eliteness of the postseason. Um, and I guess the argument then is, is that a good thing because it keeps more fans involved in the process or is it not a great thing because the playoffs are so unpredictable that a team that's nowhere near the best over the course of 162 games can be over the course of, you know, a handful of weeks in the fall. And then you reward that rather than a 110 win season or whatever it is. So, you know, you can go to different extremes. I guess I don't really know how I feel about it yet. Um, I am the person in sports when my team is out of it that's going, give me chaos, because I find it wildly entertaining. So I do appreciate that part of this. Um, I like the fact that in baseball, probably more than in any other sport, you really aren't ever out of it. Anyone who's considered an underdog probably isn't in terms of um, the actual odds of what can happen, because I mean, I've said this a million times. It's not a novel idea, but I think there's something to being a wild card team that then wins that first round that gives you confidence and momentum and gets everyone kind of clicking in that postseason mindset mm. that 
I don't want to say it's an advantage because you have to win two extra games, but it gives you a different uh, build up to that division series that somebody who has a buy going into it doesn't get. So momentum is important in the postseason. And when you give this many teams a chance to get that momentum, um, you know, you can end up with series, you can end up with champions that don't really reflect the regular season at all. And I guess baseball in general will have to decide if that's a good thing because it's fun and wild and crazy and unpredictable, or if it's not a good thing because it kind of devalues what the regular season should mean and used to mean. Yeah. I mean, it is, there is a very, it is becoming a very good case of not paying as much. It's not to the bad level of basketball or anything like that, where, you know, you don't have to pay attention to basketball's regular season until what, three weeks before the playoffs or something (laughs) like that. I mean, it really doesn't matter at all, but you know, we look at it to, you know, to get a team like the Phillies and like the Padres in there. Now, to be fair, as as someone pointed out, you know, the Phillies and Padres are fourth and fifth in payroll in baseball. So it's not like we're looking at supreme underdogs or, or, you know, this scrappy team that nobody believed in because, you know, there's, people from the California penal league or something like that are playing on them. Um, these are teams that should be good and they should have been better probably at least record wise than they were. I mean, the Padres, you know, a lot of people thought the Padres were actually going to, you know, really challenge the Dodgers this year. Um, so, and then they go out and make huge deals at the that's trade deadline. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I don't, I feel like it's it, to some degree. Yes. There's randomness there. But on the other hand, as, as somebody in my Twitter mentioned said, if, if it's random, I want to load the dice as much as I can. And that means not necessarily playing for 90 wins, right? I, and this is something mm, that yeah. Alex and I talked about as well, but I want to see what you think. Is this a situation where the Cardinals are going to have to or going to actually change their their process, change their focus from let's win a division um you know let's be let's just be better than the four teams that are in our division or are they gonna finally start thinking maybe we need to you know make this team a little bit deeper a little bit stronger overall so that the randomness of the postseason might actually go in their favor I think there are a couple of things at play here in my mind that are sort of counteracting each other. I think the fact that this early exit from the postseason has begun to feel, but it's it's begun to feel predictable for mm-hmm. the Cardinals is concerning. And I think a front office that's not looking at that saying, okay, <laughs> If we're going to spend this kind of money, if we're going to put this much into it, if we're going to say, yeah, let's go win the division so that we have better chances in the postseason, then what are we missing? What are we missing that's keeping us from getting another round? And look, I think that if you want to think of it strictly in X's and O's, uh, there should be some financial reasons to want that additional series, right? This isn't, it's not, it's not just fun for the fans when you get to the postseason, right? There's an economic element, a business element of why they should want to host Mm -hmm. a championship 
series or a world series um, in addition to that, that wild card round or a division series, whatever it might be. So, you know, I think in terms of, hey, why does this keep happening? And why is this becoming the expectation? Because that's a bit of a problem. Has to be on the table this offseason. Now, I don't know exactly what the solution is there, though, because the other piece of this equation is um, you had a team that should have been capable of moving forward in the postseason that proved in the month of August themselves capable of beating anyone in their path. And the personnel was there in large part. Even going into this postseason, the question mark was, ooh, the pitching's a little wobbly right now. Adam Wainwright isn't quite what he needs to be. And we've learned since then that there were specific reasons for that. Um, but, you know, you had a Jack Flaherty on the roster, but you weren't quite sure how to utilize that. Mm -hmm. You had Jordan Montgomery, who had been phenomenal, but had kind of fallen off a bit. And you had a Jose Quintana and a Miles Michaelis that they can be extraordinary and they can also completely fall apart at times. And in a short series, you can't. So we were talking about the pitching, like it was going to be the thing that was going to doom them in the postseason. And sure enough, it was the middle of the order made up of Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado not coming through in those key moments that set the offense so far back that there was seemingly no way to climb out of it. So it's, there is a randomness to it, right? Because they put together in many regards, the kind of team that could have made a run, especially when you say, Oh, actually the pitching was fine. <laughs> the pitching wasn't the problem at all. It was the lineup that had proven over and over again. We talked just a, a month, maybe six weeks ago about the fact that man, it really can be someone different every night. It can be Lars mm -hmm. Newbar. It can be Brendan Donovan. It can be Dylan Carlson. It can be Paul DeYoung. It can be any one of those guys on top of MVP, Paul Goldschmidt and MVP part two, Nolan Arenado. None of that happened. So I guess in terms of the front office, yes, I would be concerned if I was part of that conversation in saying, how do we keep this from repeating itself? This is not a pattern that I think we want to get into that, yeah, we make the postseason division winner or not, but we don't win anything in it. That's not a great way to take advantage of that extra opportunity. Um, but they did make a lot of the right moves. The fact that they went out and got Quintana and Montgomery at the trade deadline uh, still was a good thing, still was a, a smart play. Um, and I don't know that anyone's going to say, oh, well, I knew you shouldn't have had Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado on your team at the same time. No, <laughs> because six weeks ago, it seemed like the most brilliant thing that could possibly have happened, especially when you add Albert Pujols into the mix and the season that he was able to put together. So none of that should have gone the way that it did. If you were to, if you were to say in April, Hey, here's the team that we're going to have. <laughs> Do you think we can win a postseason series? The answer is probably yes in a lot of ways, um, but they just didn't. And I think the sort of third caveat there to wrap this up is that the fact that five and six made it through, the fact that the teams that didn't win the division made it through to the championship series, 
is the kind of thing that could reinforce for this front office, see, uh, anyone can win. You just have to get in. Mm. And not necessarily inspire, let's go out and build a team like the Dodgers have, because they won 110 games and still got knocked out of the first round they had the opportunity to play in. So it could reinforce the wrong things <laughs> or what yeah. feels like the wrong things in terms of a fan base that's like, hey, can you build us a winning team, please? Um, but at the same time, they kind of did in a lot of ways. And it just came down to execution that didn't happen. And my larger concern would be how do you as an organization work with individuals to prepare them better for that moment? How do you, how do you make someone clutch? <laughs> I mean, cause that is really what was missing. The missing element in that wildcard series was a lack of clutchness from Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado, who are without question two of the best players in the entire 2022 season. Yeah. I don't care who you're looking at. And yet they didn't come through. I don't know how you fix that. That's my bigger concern than anything, you know, team building wise, um, simply because there's a lot of talent on that roster. You can add some depth, sure, but that doesn't change what went wrong in those two games for the Cardinals. Yeah. And I mean, if you're the front office, you also say, look, if, if Ryan Helsley didn't get that comebacker in the Pittsburgh series and goes right. in healthy, you probably win game one, you know, in game two, all it took was a Nolan hit or a Paul D or Paul Goldschmidt hit at the right time, or you win that game. And even if you don't, you go to game three against a left-handed starter that, I mean, all, all statistics should would have said that the Cardinals were very much favored in that game. Now, who knows if that would have actually mattered, but still you could easily say, okay, they should have won that series. And then, okay, the Phillies beat the Braves. So, you know, you never know what, what we could have done against that. You, you could talk yourself into the fact that this team should have of gone. Course. It could have gone very yeah. far. Um, you know, that said, the Cardinals have to also realize that they got MVP performances out of two guys that are, I'm not saying that they're going to just like, it came out of nowhere, but you can't expect quite that level again next year sure you've lost yeah. albert pujols you've lost whatever yadier molina brought to the pitching staff um you know there's a lot of things they're going to have to fill they can't just say we're bringing the same team back and expect the same results so you know totally. what they do this yeah. offseason is going to be very interesting well and I, I think that's that's why it's a little bit hard even in looking at that those that two game set because there were things that shouldn't have happened. Things that in, you know, 50 other games this season would not have gone that way. Um, you know, even with the the injury to Helsley, even with the fact that Ali Marmol probably left him in a batter too long, you expect him to get out of that because he's done it. And he's done it consistently. And you, you trust that he has the ability and he has the confidence and he has. So you you maybe wait one batter too long and you still have the opportunity to get out of that game with a win. You get three ground balls and three gold glove infielders don't make the play, you know? So it's just, that's all in one inning, the inning that sort of ended the momentum that they, they may have built up or that they could have had. And then, you know, the rest is sort of history, but they were sort of 
I don't want to say freak things because it's still about execution, but they're things that we wouldn't likely see in a series, much less in a single inning from the players who made those mistakes. So it's hard for me to look at that series and say, well, that's the reason you got to just change everything. But at the same time, as you said, this is this team isn't going to look the same as it did this year. They're going to have to make enough changes to fill in the gaps because of the the personnel turnover and also to try to fill in the gaps in a way that gives them a better chance of not folding under the pressure, if that's what you want to call it. Um, and rather being able to step into that moment with the confidence of the guys around them. I, I think, to me, this also brings into focus the way that they did sort of stumble to the finish line of the regular season. And in contrast, the way that um, you know both San Diego and Philadelphia had to really keep fighting and claw for their spot to make sure that a team like the Brewers didn't come in at the last second and and steal one of those wild card spots away from them. Um, I I don't feel confident in saying that. Oh, see, we should have known the way they played the last three weeks of the season. But I do think hindsight gives you some perspective that says, okay, these struggles that were present at the end of the regular season did not magically go away because it was the postseason. Like so many players tried to say, oh, it's the postseason. They'll they'll flip the switch. There's an extra gear. They'll find it. And that's not really how that's not really how this works <laughs> in most not, cases. Not so much. Not not often. You you kind of hope. I mean, I'm sure there's been statistics work and seeing if, you know, a hot team going into the playoffs, you know, has a better run than a cold right. team or something like that. Cause baseball is that game cycles and some degree, you'd kind of like to have the cold stretch right there at the beginning. So hopefully the hot stretch is coming. Did not work that way for the Cardinals. <laughs> yeah. Didn't have enough time perhaps, but um, I don't know. Very interesting. So as we have talked about the current Cardinals and the fact that they're not playing anymore, there are Cardinal connections around the league, most notably Harrison Bader, who has turned into some sort of postseason hero. Um, there is in the National League, you have Edmundo Sosa, who we thought was just kind of, you know, uh, an afterthought trade at the trade deadline, now continuing to play against Mike Schilt and, and the Padres. Um, are, do you. If you're, if you're watching or when you're watching, do you look for those, you know, Cardinal guys to figure out exactly where your rooting interest lies? I don't know that in this case it's necessarily directing my rooting interest because there's something sprinkled here and there. Um, but I, I don't I, – I enjoy seeing them have success. Um, you know, I, I also think it's true. Look, seeing Harrison Bader hit home runs in the postseason for the Yankees is going to have a lot of Cardinals fans saying, see, I knew we shouldn't have traded Harrison Bader. Um, mm. But one, keep in mind, the Cardinals don't put together the second half that they do with that they did without the pitching mm. that they got in return. Um, in in addition to that, I don't know that Harrison Bader on this team would have been the difference maker. Now, if he could have had one of those clutch hits where Paul Goldschmidt didn't, I don't know. Maybe that's the case. But um, 
you know, I don't know that that was the difference maker in a way that, you know, would have made a lot of sense. But I also would say this, a trade isn't only successful if the person you traded away fails miserably, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. That's not often the kind of trade that you're going to see. You don't, you don't often get uh, the, the Paul Goldschmidt trade where the pieces traded to Arizona haven't really had like brilliant moments in Arizona that made everybody go, wow, I think the Cardinals lost the Paul Goldschmidt trade. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, but that's not the only way to analyze a trade, right? For Harrison Bader to go to New York and have success, it's not that surprising that he would find those big moments. He was he had a, a tendency to do that in St. Louis. It's the in-between that gets a little frustrating in watching Harrison Bader, whether it's injuries or the inconsistency at the plate or whatever it might be. Um, so I guess in terms of how I feel watching them in the postseason. Yeah, there's a little bit of, ah, oh, man, it would have been really cool to see him doing that with the Cardinals in the postseason. But at the same time, the Cardinals probably wouldn't have made it to the postseason if they hadn't made that move or hadn't made those moves at the deadline. So, you know, that's just how baseball is. And yes, I will continue to hope that Harrison Bader um, wins over all of New York as we knew he would, being the New Yorker that he is. <laughs> Um, and the same thing for Edmundo Sosa. Um, we saw it last, last year or the year before in Randy Rosarena, just taking the the postseason by storm. Um, those things are all kind of fun because you can be like, yeah, I know I've seen this before. (laughs) I knew he was good months ago, years ago, whatever it might be. So, um, it's, I'm at this point able to kind of separate my own, fandom of an individual team and just hope for a really entertaining postseason series and uh yeah if if past cardinals players and or coaches can contribute to that i'm going to be very happy for them in the process yeah it's always i mean if nothing else it's just hey i I know that guy and you're right the beta trade i don't i don't i have not seen i'm sure there's somebody out there that's complaining about it. I have not seen that. I mean, I have not yet been tagged in the, and oh, you wanted to trade him for Zach Wheeler uh, thread <laughs> that seems to come back to haunt me. Uh, but that might be because, you know, Zach Wheeler's having himself a, having himself a run uh, in yeah. terms of success lately. So it doesn't yeah. quite work the way that it did the at Cardinals, other times. The Cardinals that had Jack Wheeler, maybe we would still be playing. Uh-huh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, who knows? But uh Anyway, uh, it is fun and just just to, to see that and see what they're we're doing. Um, and you know, again, there are times where you have no routine. There are times where you know, hey, you know, I think most people. I don't think I don't know what most people want out of the American League if it's the. I'm sure they're rooting significantly <laughs> for Cleveland right now. Um, I think Major League Baseball is rooting significantly for the Yankees because the Cleveland market doesn't quite hold up. (laughs) I'm sure that is the case. Um, But to have fans, yes. Yeah, Houston Yankees uh, series is one of those that most people are just not kind of rooting for the meteor um, (laughs) (laughs) to some degree. So, and you know, the Philadelphia, I mean, before we get, does, does it make you feel. Had this discussion on Discord this week. Does it make you feel a little bit better about losing to the Phillies when then they go beat the Braves and and then maybe you know, assuming they beat the the Padres or anything like that? Does it make you feel like it was less of a fluke 
that the Cardinals got beat by them? Or is it like, man, how far could the Cardinals have gone if they'd won? You know, first of all, I think the Braves were a bad matchup for the Cardinals. So I don't know that that would would have really mattered. Um, But I will say that I I think this comes from my dad. uh, And he would always say, no, you always want to lose to the team that eventually wins. Because then you feel like, all right, well... Well, they won, so we we lost to the best. Um, So I guess that's always my mentality in terms of, yeah, okay, all right. I feel a little bit better that, you know, this was a team that was capable of going all the way and it was going to be, they were going to be a tough out no matter who they were playing. Um, At the same time, I just in general have a hard time rooting for Philly in anything. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a a bit of a a disjointed feeling there for me to say, yes, I I feel better that you know, the, they are actually good and there's a, a lot of reason to think that they can go really far in this postseason. But it's not like I want to root for them to win because right. it's Philly and I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all have our biases. We all have those things that we just can't get over. Um, <laughs> and that's fair, I think. But uh, I, I will say I am very intrigued by the philadelphia san diego series i actually think that's a really fun matchup with a lot of uh, potential fireworks and you know if my team can't be in the equation i think that's going to be really interesting to watch yeah could be and i think that's one that and to be fair i think probably either one of those are series that could go Anyway, I think if right. if it's Houston, Cleveland, you, most people are probably expecting Houston to win. But I mean, Cleveland, you, you get to the final four as it is. Right. <laughs> um, you kind of you kind of expect anybody to really have a shot, um, and we will see how that plays out. Uh, Tara and I will be with you at some point in time, as a, as it typical for us for most people once the off season comes our shows get a little bit more sporadic but if there are cardinal news and notes that we need to have uh we'll definitely be around to talk to them so subscribe if you haven't follow us on twitter if you haven't and you'll know when we have doing a show but until next time for tara i'm daniel good night hey cardinals fans thanks for listening to this week's show If you liked what you heard, you can find us on iTunes. Just search Gateway to Baseball Heaven under Podcasts and click subscribe. While you're there, feel free to give us five of those little gold stars or even a quick review. And tune in next time as we break down another week in Baseball Heaven.